Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Good night tonight. Hello and welcome to McKnight Tonight. I'm Rob McKnight and I've been really lucky during this series to talk to some of the nicest people in the industry. Well, today is no exception. You'd be hard-pressed to find anyone in the entertainment industry who has a bad word to say about Julia Morris. A comedian, actress and presenter, she is a triple threat who's become a go-to host for Network 10 on a string of shows. Julia, welcome to McKnight Tonight. How are you, hon? I'm very well, all the better for hearing from you. Hey, um, (laughs) television, it's a roller coaster ride. You have had an extraordinary career. Do you feel that you are now at the top of your game? I'm concerned about the top of the game because isn't the, isn't the next bit the slide? <laughs> <laughs> Very good point. Very good point. Every year I'm still employed, it's not lost on me, I must say. I think I remember many years ago Andrew Datto saying to me, I mean, I'm talking in the 90s. Yes. And he had this lovely take on your first two years, you think you're the biggest star to ever hit the television. And then for the next two years, you're like, I'm kind of a senior in the industry. <laughs> and then the next two years, you're like, oh, God, I thought I knew it was my job. I've got an awfully big mouth all of a sudden. <laughs> and then he said, the next two years, you're probably out of work. And then the two years after that, you're so grateful to have a job. You just keep your head low yes. and try your best. <laughs> I think there's so much truth to that. Now, I need you to correct me if I'm wrong here. I have a very vague recollection of you appearing in Kathy Griffin's My Life on the D-List. When you did. So this is the bizarre thing, though. She was in England trying to get across all things English, and suddenly I saw an Australian teaching her about being English. How the hell did you get that gig? that dreamy i actually um had been working with the production company that were making that show i got (sighs) married to dan in um, the new year's eve of 2005 and went straight away after getting married to new york to go and uh, work with the production company that makes kathy's show and so when they were in the uk they wanted the perspective of what's it like to be a foreigner in the uk as a stand-up and what to look out for and what pitfalls to avoid. Ah, okay. That that was sort of the vibe. And plus, Kathy Griffin, oh, my God, she's a goddess. Yeah, absolutely. That must have been an amazing shoot. Because you really did take it. It was incredible. 
you you really did take a chance going to the UK for a while, didn't you? You'd, you'd had some success in Australia with Full Frontal, and then you just decided to go over and try your luck. Uh, it's exactly what happened. I think that I might have been in that second part of the um, <laughs> of Andrew's rollout where I just thought, you know what, I'll go to the UK and I will have my own show in like four minutes. Of course. And it it didn't occur to me that I would literally have to start again. Like nobody cared that I was on the television here. We didn't have mm. the good graces of the internet to have as much more easy to be a global performer these days yes. because people can see you work from right across the globe. But in those days, I'd get out to venues and people would say, um, well, I've never heard of you, so you've got to do at least four gigs here for free and kill and then we'll, and then we'll book you. And that, I mean, that took years. Oh, that's to tough. That's tough when yeah, you're actually having hardcore. to do gigs for free. And then all of, you know what, Rob, I've done this great gig. Farewell, everyone. I'm leaving for the UK. I don't know when I'll be back. And then about two months in, I'm like, oh, no. I made terrible mistakes. <laughs> but while it seemed brave and amazing staying for eight years, it was because I was too embarrassed to come home. <laughs> it's interesting, though, isn't it? You know, Australians go overseas and nobody cares. But if you've found success overseas and come back to Australia, yes. you are a god. No. Oh, apparently, I'm the lord of my executioner all of a sudden. But you're like, no, hang on. Aren't I the same performer? Aren't I exactly the same person? But I don't know whether that's an admiration of the bravery of leaving everything behind because when it wasn't long into living in London that I I just ran out of all the money I thought I'd saved. Yes. And all of a sudden, you know, I was barely making my rent. And so, you know, I would have to scab on what food I was eating or... You know, but it was also one of the most exciting times of my life. Do you do you think that what is what keeps you grounded? Because you're a pretty grounded person on and off the camera, and that does set you apart from a lot of other performers. I, I think I think that definitely. I think you're right. I think it did. I think being broke, coming back to ground zero, not having the uh, continued lift each year of celebrity life, mm. if that's a thing. I don't even know that we have that in this country. I'm always giggling about Australian celebrities. I'm like, I've hardly <laughs> anyone on zero now. We're all, we're all gypsy renters. Yes. We're not on American fees, but... <laughs> so true. So I think, it, I think it does definitely goes a long way to keeping you grounded. And I think it's the people I surround myself with as well. I'm not, you know, my husband will be quick to say, you know, Loving yourself much at the moment? Oh, there's nothing like a spouse to bring you down when you're feeling good about yourself. When you're getting a bit too big-headed, there's nothing like yeah. a spouse who wants you to take out the bins or, you know, just something and just, like, bring you down to earth with a thud. Well, I remember when I got um, lucky enough to get Australia's Got Talent when I was doing House Husbands on Nine, mm. and Dan sat me down and he said, like, I just want to have a bit of a chat about you know, where we are up to with our relationship and where you are up to in your work life, you're about to cross over. This is this is that next big leap, doing two shows. Mm. And he said, what will happen is uh, more and more uh, you will get the feeling that your ideas are the most amazing ideas that anyone's <laughs> ever heard in their whole lives. And you're not going to be hearing many no's. Um, but you'll be hearing them at home and that chasm between the two lives, this is where the truth is 
and everyone else is just trying to get you on the stage or on the television. Or I, I don't mean that everybody is insincere at, at all, but there's a there is a certain reverence that goes with having a well-known face. And Absolutely. He was sort of saying, just make sure you remember when I say, would you mind unpacking that dishwasher? And you haven't had to lift a finger in weeks in Africa. But it's not because I'm trying to bring you down a peg or two. It's just that this is life. Mm. The other thing is completely unrealistic and won't last. What a great conversation to have. That's really yeah, smart Yeah, it was really him. smart. And, and I tell you what, as my friend Pauline Hanson would say, it has resonated with me many times. <laughs> well, that's the thing, because we all get this feeling that um, celebrity life is glamorous, but there's a lot of hard work that goes into it at times. But Stephen Tate, the executive producer of uh, I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, he told me that you mentioned him in your st- in your previous stand-up act, uh, one of the tours you were doing, oh. about an incident that happened in the jungle with your trailer. Amazing. Day one, two years ago, brand new trailers. I mean, we couldn't have felt more important. I'm like, how beautiful is that? And on the day I, it was like, it's like a little uh, cabin made out of a shipping container. It's that sort of vibe. It's right. beautiful. I couldn't believe my luck. I'm like, who are we? <laughs> anyway, they, a chap came to the door and he said, listen, the, the toilet is not um, connected yet to the system. So just please don't use it. Just go down to the portaloo. So I'm like, yeah, of course I will. So that was that day. He said it will be connected by tomorrow morning, my guarantee. And if it flushes, it's totally working. So <laughs> unreal. Next morning I get in. I just did a little test flush. I'm like, oh, good, it's working. Oh, my God, this is great. Because I didn't have to work a walk. Such a long way, which uh, not, I'm not trying to sound precious, but what happens is I can't help but talk to every single person who's half I cross. So going to the bathroom can be a three-hour ordeal. <laughs> and so just having a bathroom in my room and staying quiet and still is pretty dreamy. So I, you know, it was in the morning, we we're, were into work pretty early, and I thought I'll just quickly duck to the bathroom. I know it's joined up because it flushed, and that was that. And I came out of my um, little trailer I like to go and have a little visit at different trails, go and visit my beloved doctor, whatever. Yes. I come out of the trailer and there's a few people kind of standing around looking really strangely in the middle of the road. I'm like, what's their problem? What's everyone looking at? That's so weird. And I turn around and there's a little collection of my poo poo <laughs> in the middle of the road. <laughs> so I'm like, Oh my god! I don't even know what to do or how to hide it. Or do I go and get a glove? I get gloves. I was like, that needs to be removed. So the next minute, I look down the road and I see my beloved Stephen Tate walking up the street. I'm like, it's the executive producer from Channel Ten. What am I going to do? So I said to him, oh, uh, "Good morning, Stephen." And oh my gosh, he is just one of life's great gentlemen. He, he is. Said, Good morning, Julia. How are you? I said, oh, I am. Um, yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty good. Uh, I uh, and he said, uh, I've seen it. <laughs> and I said, Oh my God, Stephen, what are you talking about? He goes, Not only have I seen it, I saw it roll out. <laughs> roll out. He didn't tell me that. And then as I looked down, so obviously from the end of the toilet itself, it was just this open pipe out onto the street. So apparently now I'm such a huge star 
I will just take a dump in the street whenever <laughs> I feel like it and you will go and find someone to pick that up for me. I had to pick it up. I was dying. They're like, you are in full wardrobe. Don't you dare touch that too. I'm like, I can't leave it there. I'm already, I mean, you know, raising Catholic, I, I, that's why I find it even hard to say the word. Much less disgust. Just ripping one out in the middle of the street. <laughs> Outrageous in the extreme. So I always remember him being a tremendous gentleman about that. Because not every day. He said, apparently he went back down to the office and he said to um, one of the producers, he said, listen, there's a celebrity turd up there on the road and that needs to be dealt with. <laughs> and what I love is you put that in your stand-up talk. Oh, I mean, Jesus has to because... I mean, also, my brand of stand-up is all about making fun of myself. Yes. I like that it's not being mean to others and I'm not being unkind to myself, but I do like to share stories of where I got it horribly wrong. <laughs> well, so so you're always looking for material because you're doing another tour next year. So how hard yes. is it to – Are you? I assume you're the kind of person who goes for that new hour of material each time? Yes, it's absolutely. And in actual fact, it's an hour and a half. So oh, I wow. tour every two years just to keep that muscle fresh, if that's the right expression. Yes. And I think with stand-ups, it's an easy – it's an easy gift to lose uh, when you are not jumping up on the stage all the time. And I'm, I don't really, because I'm, you know, ra- also raising a family, there's not time for me to duck out to comedy clubs at night. That doesn't exist. I work, yes. I work too hard. So going into the theatres, I find there's a much more warm reception. Uh, people who come along to the shows really want to see my work. So there's always such lovely funny, uh, good laughter in the room and that's the, there's no better way to perform. So I, I always get back out on the road and I'll spend between, in fact, I've already been doing it this year and I had the luxury because the tour um, is not until September 2020, mm. I've got a bit of time to really uh, gather a lot of moss. So the question I've got on that is when you're in the UK and you're having to do four shows for free, you're talking to a brand new audience. Presumably the people yeah. that are coming to these shows know you and are coming for, for Julia Morris. Does that change the material or are you trying to prove yourself each time? You've got to prove yourself each time. I think what I had to do is kind of reset into what is funny about my material because when you walk onto a stage and people already know you, they, there's already many levels of history that they have with you. Mm. Now, that can go either way. Sometimes it's the level of history where I've actually, my drag queen voice has been annoying them for the last 30 years <laughs> and they hate me. Less and less lately, which is great. I obviously just stop caring. And um, the people who love you, love you fiercely. Mm. So um, losing all of that and walking onto a stage in the UK where... Each performer is disposable. You have your first few minutes, and if you're not nailing it in the first few minutes, just off. Mm. Because the best of the world descend on the London comedy scene. Of so course. if you're good enough, then unreal. And if you're not, get off the stage and let us laugh at someone who is coming. Jeez, and I found the window in for me was to make fun of things that I turned into loving. Like I spoke about how much I love the black stuff that collects in your nose when you're on the tube. Like, you just don't get that everywhere. It's just a 
like my, and it just makes my nose look a lot thinner. So sort of <laughs> gently, um, gently winding things up without yes. being mean about them to try and I don't know turn the joke around. It, it definitely, it definitely resets probably my entire career, as it turns out. <laughs> well, look, you are doing Perth, Adelaide. Nari Warren, the Gold Coast. So I'll be going oh, yeah. to the show on the Gold Coast in September 24. I love it. Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne, Newcastle, Canberra. The tickets are on sale now. You can go to juliamorris.com or livenation.com.au. So that's going to be a cracker. Um, it's and, going to be an all-time beauty. Yes. Now, one of the craziest things I think that has happened in your career is finding this chemistry with Dr. Chris Brown. You are about oh. to go into another season of I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. I was working at 10 when they, at the upfronts, they announced you two were going to be a pairing. And I remember thinking, this is either the worst decision in history or the best decision. And I couldn't work it out, to be honest. Obviously. Absolutely. <laughs> well, we've been, um, we presented at the Logies. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. a couple of months before that. And that was, uh, and then after presenting at the Logies, we were asked to do the nominees. I think it was the following year. I'm trying to get it right in my head. And so um, Channel 10 had seen that early in the piece. And they were like, this is a great combination. It doesn't make sense. (laughs) And it's a really strong chemistry mm. and I think there's something in this and they definitely approached us a number of times to try and make that happen in some format and when the jungle came up uh, I, you know I was determined to do that job like, I'm not even sure that I was on the list of choices but I really wanted to do it because I was already a big fan of the show from the UK Oh, Ant and Dec and that show over there is just a powerhouse. Oh, they are complete glorious and I think we've been searching for two boys for a long long while mm. to fill this format and I think that the ballast of proper information and laughter from Chris and then you sort of get the opposite from me. The last you were expecting, but you're not expecting any sort of sensible comment. So we were we were both surprising in the opposite ways. Mm. Somehow that just comes together and the, the mutual admiration is definitely what kicks it into touch. And do you think he's grown as a comedic performer during the time he's been on I'm a Celebrity with you? And I'm, I'm not trying to piss in your pocket here, but... Being a comedian, there's obviously things you do naturally that he's going to be looking at, and there's probably some presenting things he does that you look at. Are you both growing um, with each other? We are. I think that we really enjoy each other's style. Yes. I like that we're more. Um, I like that I can bring out his informal side, and I'll bet he loves bringing out my more formal side. But we also. We, we have big, long rehearsals. So we shape those jokes together. We, you know, know to leave the fresh air if it needs a little bit of awkward silence at the end, all that sort mm. of stuff. So he has become 
he has become quite the comic over all those years. Is there much ad-libbing when you're actually doing it yeah. live or is it? has yeah. it been so rehearsed down to the last moment? Um, it's always been very strongly rehearsed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that also, because the crew are our audience, yes. and you would know this well from your, you know, countless years in telly, is that if you can make the crew laugh, you will definitely be making the audience laugh at Absolutely. Time. And so anything that needs a real fresh injection, if we've done a joke to death in the rehearsal, then we'll often change it up on the day. Mm. But we also have uh, Matt Lovekiss and Michael Ward as our writers. So, I mean, it's genuinely just not getting any better. They are <laughs> the absolute top shelf. So not only they're sort of, there's four brains making one person look funny. It's unreal. <laughs> and do you know the I'm a Celebrity starts January 5? It's going really early this year, so it's part of 10's 50-week strategy. Do you know who's going into the jungle before you get into South Africa? Well, we used to in years gone by, but because of the um, front-loading of interviews that we do before we go because once we arrive in Africa the timing is so brutal mm. there is no time for any Q&As or going on the radio. I mean it's just it is from dawn until dusk you know we start at 4.30 and we're spat out the other end of the day at 5 o'clock so <laughs> it's always pretty intense Yes, and so um, yes leading up to this time of the year it's so back to back I'm sort of got myself into a comedy cul-de-sac. I can't even think of what I'm talking about. But Chris and I decided, because of all those clues, that we preferred the cocktail party that we have when we arrive, when we touch down in Africa, um, Stephen and ITV throw us a little drinks night. And one by one, we have a little guessing game with all those clues. And then we find out when we're there. And instead of like the odd one where you're like, who's going? What? I'm going to have to look them up. Instead of that moment, um, it's a big cast at once. We're like, oh, my God, this is going to be amazing. And it just keeps the spring in our step, finding out when we get there. And I really like that part of it. How caught up do you get in the show and what's happening uh, with the narrative, with the characters that are appearing and, you know, whether there be any fights or, or special moments where they're telling a deep story? How caught up in all that do you get? Well, we uh, have a proper viewing each morning of all of the packages that are going in the show from the previous 24 hours. And if there's something that we don't like the look of, as in if I think, oh, my God, that's going to bury that person. Mm. Um, Because, you know, we don't want people on the show just to end their careers either. Um, We will have a word and say, I prefer that, that line didn't go in or I prefer that didn't happen. Uh, and they're always very kind and, you know. So that's interesting. You're really trying to look out for these celebrities to make sure that, because obviously they're being recorded 24 hours a day and you're really trying to make sure that they don't get caught out saying the wrong thing. Well, sometimes you can go into a circular conversation where you're actually saying one thing, but it sounds like you're saying another. Yeah. So if you feel like you sort of get it, I'm like, I don't even think that person feels that way, but that's, Oh, we've all uh, been I, there. I can't even sort of think of an example either. But And it's not about saving them. You say what you want and you live by the sword and you die by the sword. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But yes. also, if it's something that I, I'm i just like, I don't want, you know, my children are 11 and 
at 13 and over the last six years they have been watching Mummy on the telly. So if I'm like, I don't want an erectile dysfunction conversation mm. while Dan then at home with my girls has to explain to the girls what that is or yes. or the word wank or yep. do you know what I mean? There's a number I of do. things where I just, I just think, oh, and t- says me who has a, you know, the mouth of a, of a, Wharf worker back. No, in the day. I'm, I'm I'm exactly the same. I swear like a trooper, but I don't want my kids seeing that in a 7:30 viewing time when I'm watching. I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. I want Absolutely. that to be family and we viewing. Sold it as a children's show. And, yeah. and I, I say in series one, I didn't know Chris very well, so it's sort of easy to do mad flirting and just be silly and kind of whatever. And then after series one, I I really made a purposeful direction change because I thought to to continue flirting then became not very truthful because then I'm like now I know him I can't flirt with him now that's embarrassing (laughs) like that's that's actually weirdy kind of workplace insanity (laughs) whereas before you know he'd been through part of he he was you, you know contributing to a lot of those jokes in series one so as as the time wore on I think we got more and more used to each other and I think, I really think that the um, chemistry has built and built and mm. built to be muck around siblings and that nice vibe, you know. People like him winding me up. People like me winding him up. It's it's loads of fun and it's good to feel like you're a part of. I was speaking to Dan Monaghan on the podcast last week, the head of programming at Channel 10, and we were talking about some of the issues the network had in the first quarter of 2019. And obviously, Sunday Night Takeaway was um, didn't perform as well as the network expected. But he said that he was so proud of that show. He said, I would rather have a show that I'm proud of fail than have a show I don't care about and I'm not invested in succeed. Absolutely. And, And... he felt very sad that that show didn't work and didn't connect with the audience because he said, he said, still to this day, he's immensely proud of it. Um, how do you feel every time you do a new show, it's a risk? So how, how, what goes through when a show isn't connecting with the audience and you're desperately trying to make it work? Well, we were tired from Africa already. We yes. come back and almost have to lie down for a month. Mm. No, we didn't come back and lie down for a month. We came back and went straight into, I think I had something like 19 weeks of live production in a row. Wow, that's huge. With the 14-hour days, majority six days a week. It was brutal. And I just thought, you know what? I think the ratings were boyish. It won't matter. And every show that we made, the, the feeling was so unbelievably good, Rob, that it felt like we were playing to millions. Yeah, right. And so I'm sure that the show would have connected with the audience had the audience not been watching math. Yeah, well, was the timing all wrong? Was it too much having you come straight from the jungle, not enough time to actually um, work through the show? And if there were issues, if there were things not working, refine them. Was it, was it, would, have, would it have been better as a winter show, like around June? Look, I don't know because, I, you know, I don't have the... The full slate is not on my desk, yes. so I tend to steer clear of saying it should have gone here, it should have gone there, because everyone can say that. Everyone's a it programmer. Here. Oh, everyone's a programmer, but actually putting it all together and making that system work, um, you know, I absolutely adore everything that Beverly does. So I think going up against, uh, you know, what 
in an ideal world, I'll tell you what I'd like. Mm-hmm. I'd really like the networks to start working side by side to save live television yes. and go, do you know what? You have those months. We'll have this time slot, that time slot. You take this one, that one, and evenly divide it out and divide and conquer against the mighty internet that is just going to steal it away before long. Live television will always be there, but I feel like unless they stop eating each other's shows, like this will do it, we'll just put this on against them. Mm. It's like, what? It's interesting you say that because I really want live variety television back on Australian TV. And with every failure, the networks get more and more nervous about stepping into that arena. And so I actually desperately want it to work because I do think there's an appetite there for it. I think it takes a combination of things like any other show, whether it's a drama, whether it's a reality show, it's about time slot, it's about connecting with the audience, it's about the right format. And so I really, really want to see live TV back and, you know, having a red crack, red hot go. And your theory about the networks actually working together, you're right. The streamers are the big, um, the, the streaming oh, services are the They're your competition, enemy. mate. Yep. Not whether, you know, this one's decided to go a half an hour earlier to get the jump start on you. Just like, I think everybody kids themselves. It is the big streaming giant that uh, is going to, you know, I mean, I don't want to be a naysayer. I probably don't know what I'm talking about, but I just think that that I know they'll never join together. I know they'll never join forces and work side by side. And uh, of but, course, you know, and that's an idealised so world. Many advertising but... dollars to share, and everybody has to answer to the shareholders. I also get that, but mm. you know, and I think as an audience member, I don't care what you put up against another show because I'm just going to tape it and watch it later. <laughs> True. So the temptation is, what am I going to watch live? Watch this, tape that. I mean, tape. Could I be using a more old word? <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm going to put it on a Micro Groove LP, actually, Rob. I'm going to get that uh, happening. But, you know, the other unusual thing about Takeaway, the other uh, super unusual thing about Takeaway was that there was not, or barely, we couldn't honestly find one, there was barely a bad word about it. So mm. those who were watching it, were loving it. And so normally if you are going to have something go that low, you'll be like, this is why this is wrong. And, you know, all those articles that come up day after day after day over various publications as to why the show's wrong, none of that happened for us. Mm. And people who did tune in were kind of like, oh, my God, that's so sweet. But we were in the grip of really nasty TV that was made very well. So to then yes. tune in to, you know, the virtue signalers, what do you do? Well, the thing we have to realise too is that what works about reality TV this now, in this day and age, it's not once a week television. It's stripped programming. And why would yeah. variety television be any different? We need to actually go back to the days where we had it every night. Like, you know, I think there's a real case for 9.30, Monday to Thursday, of live television um, that would build an audience. You can't just put it on once a week and expect it to work. Reality TV once a week doesn't work anymore. You know, every and program goes think, multiple yeah. nights. My only thing with that is, and as you will well know, what a beast to feed. Oh, yes, I do know. <laughs> but That but, is such a beast to feed that, yeah, I mean, I... We have great admiration for the project for that reason because I'm just like, what mm. a beast. As in, you know, when I'm saying what a beast to feed, 
so much content. So much. So much, you know. And then to have some featured extra on Twitter saying, I hate it. You're like, we just put in 150 hours work and in one go, someone's noticing that you said, I hate it. What? What are you talking about? So the other, what, 200 people that are working on the show and who are really experienced in the industry don't know what they're doing. I don't believe that, you know, I think we are. And nobody goes out to make a bad show. The tailor's wagging the dog a bit just quietly. Yeah. Well, we get caught up in the media bubble. Julia Morris, you are an absolute legend. I want to remind everyone, your tour is on in September. You can go to livenation.com.au to get tickets or juliamorris.com to keep across everything that you're doing. And if that wasn't enough, I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here starts January 5, as Dan Monaghan said, in case you haven't seen the promos that are absolutely everywhere at the moment. Uh, Next level. I had a young person trying to shame me the other day, Rob, on the carpet at the actors. This young person said, <laughs> and, and he did that big commercial, and I mean, as, you know, as if he did any of the stunts, something like that. Yeah. I'm like, mate, go on my Instagram and have a look at the rehearsals <laughs> of me doing the stunts. She said, you did not. Of course you did. Uh, yes, I did. <laughs> I said, not all the shots might have been used, but I did the stunts. So, and uh, and that, that is you to a T. I mean, we know Dr. Chris Brown had a stunt double, obviously, but you, you're doing your oh, own stunt. <laughs> Chesty Bond. We love him. <laughs> Julia, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate you appearing on McKnight tonight. Great pleasure, Rob. Fun, insightful interviews from a Washington producer with nothing to lose. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.